Good morning. Glad to have everybody with us this morning. We've got some more folks that are going to be coming in uh, over the next few minutes, but we also have lots of our church family that is still out of town uh, with the Thanksgiving holiday. So we're glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. Thank you for being here. For those of you who join us online, thank you for choosing to get up and, and join us for worship this morning. We're glad to have you as well. Uh, if you haven't been with us on a Sunday morning before, just a couple of things as far as our procedures go. We need you to keep your mask on uh, the whole time that you're here, if you would, even when we're singing together. Uh, we'd appreciate your help with that. And then also, when you sat down, there should have been a little communion cup in your chair. When we take communion together today, uh, after the prayer for the communion, we'll have one prayer for the communion, and then you'll peel back the first lid, and that's the wafer there, and then you peel back the second lid and drink the juice, and then we'll help you get rid of the empty cups after communion's over with. So I wanted you to be aware of that. Um, also, I want to remind everybody that we're taking up two uh, offerings today. So we're not passing around baskets right now so when you leave today if you brought uh you know cash or check with you um you can leave that in the baskets out in the lobby there's one that says for the building offering and one that says uh, for our regular offering uh if you are giving online or texting to give you need to make sure and we'll have a screen up at the end of worship that'll show you what to do but you need to make sure to designate which one of those is, is for the building fund so we want your help with that today uh, and we are <clears throat> taking up a special offering to to try to get a jump start on retiring some of our debt now that we're hopefully nearing the completion of all of our uh, building projects. So I wanted you to be aware of that before we jump into worship this morning. So I'm glad that you're here. Uh, again, I, I'm glad that, that uh, we got to celebrate Thanksgiving. We're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and focus a little bit more on some Christmas things this morning. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but we will be praising God together. We'll be uh, taking communion together, spending time in the Word together today. You're going to be blessed by being here, and I thank you for choosing to be here this morning. Let's pray, ask God to bless our worship, and then let's start praising Him together. Father God, thank you so much for letting us be here today. Thank you for, God, thank you for the Thanksgiving holiday that we just came through. Forgive us, God, for being so uh, distracted, so uh, frustrated maybe with the way things that are going on. Uh, in our lives, uh, maybe just bitter, maybe just absent-minded. We don't pay attention, God, to how much you are blessing us. So I thank you that we spent some time last week uh, hopefully being still at least for a few minutes and just, and just thanking you, God, for all that you do for us, for all the ways that you bless us. And as we come together to worship you today, God, as we, as we begin to focus, during, during, especially during this time of year, on the birth of your son and what an amazing gift that was that you sent him here, uh, God, allow that to really sink in today and maybe maybe for the first time maybe for the first time in a, in a long time we recognize the amazing grace the amazing gift of your son Jesus that came to this earth and I, I pray that 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 stays on our hearts with everything that we do in worship today and God I just pray that as we sing as we continue to pray as we spend time in your word that we feel your presence in this place and that we um thank you and honor you and that you draw us closer to you throughout our worship today. I pray all these things uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody on your feet, let's get ready to worship today. Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father for Let us worship the Father, worship the Father, worship the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. Sing your praise to the Father, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of glory. Sing your praise to the Father, praise to the Father, praise to the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. And we will glorify, we will glorify the Lord. Lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands to the Father of glory. Lift your hands to the Father, hands to the Father, hands to the Father of love. And we will glorify, we will glorify. 
Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. And for the life that's been reborn, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong. Forever God is with us, forever and ever, forever. From the rising to the setting sun, his love endures forever. And by the grace of God, we will carry on, his love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever.
morning. Um, my wife came to the early service, so I, I can tell the, the story without her uh, just really rolling her rolling her eyes at me. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, the, la the last few weeks, uh, Christy Brown and I have kind of gone back and forth about when the proper time to listen to Christmas music is. And as everyone knows, it's right after Halloween, as much as you want. But for whatever reason, Christy feels otherwise, and she's entitled to her wrong opinion. I'm not gonna, not gonna knock her for that. Um, but apparently it is a contentious topic, topic, and so we won't take a vote to see how many of you all are wrong with Christy. But uh, there are some of you that feel Christmas music is until after Thanksgiving, but whatever. What? Um, okay, the two of you. All right, sorry. Um, but one thing that I think we can all agree on is the greatest mu musician, performer of all time, with, without a doubt, is Weird Al. I know it's true. I'm not going to take a vote. We all know. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I have had the honor and pleasure of going to a couple of his, his tours that, that he had. Um, and when you go to a Weird Al concert, it's a big, flashy, showy performance. He, he has lots of costume changes, lights, smoke, lots of, lots of big, flashy stuff. And uh, I've, been, I've been to two separate tours, and, but he also had one. I didn't go to it because he warned everyone ahead of time that if you like the big, flashy performances, this is not the tour for you. He was doing all of his music, or all of his original music, just sitting on the stage with his band. That's it. Just a real laid-back tour. He called it the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. There were no frills, no big shows, nothing. It was just simple music by the greatest musician of all time. But, but that's beside the point. Um, and as we start this new series that Marshall's doing, uh, Simple Christmas, uh, that, that's, that's kind of what he's, he's shooting for as well, is taking all the, the big, flashy, showy stuff out and really looking at what the, you know, the purpose behind the Christmas season is. And um, now as we turn our attention right now to our communion time, we also don't need big, flashy announcements and all sorts of fun stuff. All we have is this little plastic cup with, with some grape juice and a little cracker in it. Um, so let's just take a, take a look real quick at verse in, verses in Matthew chapter 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the, give, for the forgiveness of sins. So as, as we take time to remember that, we don't need big, big flashy shows. That's what we need to remember is the reason that we come together each Sunday is to remember that sacrifice. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, sending him to earth uh, to die for our sins. Uh, we thank you right now uh, for the blood that was shed, the body that was broken on our behalf, and what that sacrifice means for us. And we thank you that we get to partake in this every week and, and remember that sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate Scotty's word. You know, I, personally, I celebrate the birth of Jesus all year long, and so I like to listen to Christmas music all year long. But I appreciate Scotty doing it just after Halloween. And, um, you know, Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 25 um, the separation of the sheep and the goats. And those of you that wait until after Thanksgiving, probably goats. Um, the rest of us, sheep. And so that's how I feel, and I, I know I think Scotty feels the same way. So let's all stand up for one more song right before Marshall's lesson. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let 
Well, there's been a lot of debate today about when to start playing Christmas music. I had no idea that Scotty and Jordan and so many others could lead y'all down the wrong path. Uh, we're going to have to work on that. So um, we are talking about, I mean, we got our Christmas decorations up. And we're, we're going to start talking about uh, Christmas a little bit today. And I, I know, and, and I, I've shared this with our church family before, so... Bear with me if you've heard me talk about this before, but the Flagstone family, uh, as far as Church of Christ churches are concerned, uh, is a little unique in that we got a lot of different people from a lot of different church backgrounds that are part of our church family, and it's awesome. Uh, and so I know that there's many of you that depend on what your church background was. When it comes to Christmas time, of course the church talks about Christmas all during Christmas time. Of course we, we talk about the birth of Jesus and and. Uh, you know, sing Christmas carols and have candlelight services and all those kinds of things because that's just what you do. But some of you in this room grew up like I did uh, in churches where you didn't do anything like that. As a matter of fact, you didn't talk about the birth of Jesus at Christmas time. You could probably talk about the birth of Jesus any other time of the year, just not during Christmas. And and it was odd, but that's that's what we did. And that's, uh, you know, maybe for a number of reasons. I mean, we, we can acknowledge, we recognize that Jesus probably wasn't actually born on December 25th. Uh, we can look through scripture and not find anything that says thou shalt celebrate the birth of, of Jesus on, you know, December 25th or celebrate Christmas. And, and then we look at other churches, other, you know, denominations besides ours, and that's what they choose to do. And so for some of us, maybe that just 
well, if they're doing it, then there must be something wrong with it, so let's not do it just to be on the safe side. And, and a lot of those different reasons, you know, may seem kind of silly to us, but that's what some of us, maybe many of us in this room or many of you watching online, that's what you grew up with if you were anything like me. Maybe some of you this morning or some that are watching online as well, you aren't big into celebrating the birth of Jesus at Christmas because you've done some research. Uh, you've seen people post some things on social media. You've looked things up on the Google uh, yourself, and you recognize that you know this whole Christmas holiday kind of has its roots in a pagan holiday. Uh, you know these these people centuries ago that would celebrate uh, Saturnalia, that would celebrate the the winter solstice, um, and and had these different gods and goddesses that, that they would worship. Uh, you know, at this time of year, and that Christians kind of just took a hold of that holiday and and kind of bent it <laughs> to talk about the birth of Jesus and to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, and we can even acknowledge the, the history of that. Be that as it may, the Flagstone family believes in the story of the birth of Jesus, first and foremost. We believe that when you read in Scripture and you read how God Almighty became flesh and came to this earth uh, in the form of a helpless baby in a manger, we believe that that story is true. We believe every single word of it. And our church family and our church leadership recognize that most of our world, for the, for the bulk of the year, for most of the time throughout the year, spends its time and energy ignoring the birth of Jesus and ignoring the grace and the love that Jesus offers and, and ignoring the life that he calls us to and the, the acts of service and, and the choices that he calls us to make. But for a few weeks in December... More people in this world, more people in our own community are more receptive to hearing about Jesus. They're more willing to pay attention to the possibility that God came to this earth and sacrificed himself for us. They're more willing to have their hearts open and at least hear that story, to listen to that story, maybe even to celebrate it with us, maybe even for the first time ever or for the first time in a long time to, to choose to be more gracious and more loving and serving and joyful, the kind of life that Jesus calls us to live because it's this time of year. And so because of that, our church and, and, and our, our leadership has chosen to believe that we should talk about the birth of Jesus right now that we should celebrate, that we should participate in joining with others and celebrating the fact that Almighty God came to this earth. That Jesus really was born in a, in a, in a little town in the, in the Middle East. That he really did live, that he really, he really was in this world with us. And we should, we should celebrate that, we should focus on that, we should share the blessings that come from that with other people. And so that's what we're going to do for the next several weeks. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus together. And we're going to remind ourselves of the blessings that come from that birth. And hopefully other people will join in hearing that message with us and, and maybe even allowing their lives to be changed because of it. And if we can help do that for others, that's what we're going to do because of what we're talking about starting today and for the next several weeks. So I wanted you to know that ahead of time. If you haven't been a part of our church family before, Christmas is a special time for us. I mean, it's a special time for almost everybody. It's, it's my favorite holiday. It's probably many of yours as well. But, but for this church family, this is an important time of year for us because we remember, we remember together what God did for us in sending his son to this world. And so... Let's do that starting together this morning. Uh, today we're talking about, it as, as Scotty already mentioned, we're talking about simple Christmas. And just, just hearing those words, just seeing those words on the screen, simple Christmas. Some of you may think that's an oxymoron. That's just a total contradiction in terms. There is nothing simple about the Christmas holiday. I mean, some of you have already, you know, experienced that. We, we sing songs about you know, enjoying winter wonderland and, and discovering joy and, and proclaiming peace on earth. And maybe a lot of us, you know, we, we post pictures of ourselves or our pets or our kids uh, sitting in front of the fireplace, drinking hot chocolate and all of our matching pajamas. And it's just that, that wonderful time. I mean, we even have a song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The reality for many of us may be very different. 
Because Christmas, in, in reality, uh, is, can be one of the most chaotic times of the year. Because, you know, we post the picture of everybody looking at the camera and smiling. They don't, people don't see the hundred pictures before that where nobody was smiling, where kids were screaming, where spouses are screaming at each other, and where the dog is jumping at the camera and messing everything up. We don't post those pictures, do we? Right? We, we, we burn the Christmas cookies. We break the ornaments. We argue with family members. We feel, we feel guilty about not having enough presents you know, for our family or, or we, we don't have as much as somebody else has for theirs, so we feel like we got to do more. So then we go into even more debt than what we already were in because, well, it's Christmas. And now we got, you know, then we got to decide, well, what are we going to do about, you know, getting together with, with family? Are we do, we, do we travel? Do we not travel? Do we have people over? Do we not? Do we only allow certain family to come over and certain others not? And do we tell the ones that we really don't like, hey, COVID, stay away. But the ones we do like, we want them to come over anyway. Starts becoming chaotic, doesn't it? And, it, and a day that's supposed to be a time of celebration and peace and family, it becomes weeks filled with stress and anxiety and frustration and commercialism and consumerism and, quite honestly, sometimes gluttony. And what, what we need to do is maybe have a little bit different focus this year. But what if we did that? What if, what if we try to have a new perspective this year? What if, instead of focusing on the stress and maybe even some of us having this, this new fear of this pandemic that we're dealing with, we just chose to focus on the simplicity of Christmas. The simple message of the powerful truth that God became flesh and blood. That the all-powerful became the totally helpless and vulnerable, that the creator became the created. And, and the reason that he did that is so that I could experience peace, so that I really could experience the joy that we talk about, that we sing about during this season. And I, I want to be clear, I'm not critical of any of the, of the things we do to celebrate Christmas. I mean, we've got decorations uh, here at this church. When you go to my house, we got, we got lights up. We got the tree up. We did it earlier this year than we ever have before. I'm all about the Christmas holiday. It is my favorite holiday. I'm not, I'm not griping about any of that kind of stuff. I'm not critical of any of that stuff. But if all that I am focused on for this entire month is my to-do list and decorating and sending out cards and shopping and baking and shopping some more and traveling or not traveling and wrapping and unwrapping and Facebooking and Instagramming and whatever else that I use. And I'm not taking the time to appreciate what God has done for me, to, to, to celebrate the fact that the king of the universe came to my world to rescue me. If I'm not doing that, I'm missing out. And I'm, I'm running the risk of, of overcomplicating. Ma- making complex, making chaotic what's, what should be pretty simple. And it can feel stressful and anxious and, and quite honestly empty. So let's not do that this year. This year let's choose together. To make Christmas simple. I'm not talking about decorations and gift buying. I'm talking about our focus. and Where our heart is. Let's focus on the simple truth that God became flesh. And was a baby in a manger. And let's start talking about this simple Christmas by looking at the simple plan that God had. The simple plan to send Jesus to this world. Now, if you go back in your Bibles, if you go back to the very beginning, to the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter of the Bible, you read about God creating the heavens and the earth and everything that's in them. And you read about God making light. And you read about God making a difference between the land and the sky. And you read about plants and trees. And you read about sea animals. And you read about the sun, moon, and stars. And you read about uh, land animals. And then God decides to make us, to make mankind, to make human beings. And everything that God created, as soon as he got done creating it, he looked at it. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, over and over again, he looks, he takes a step back and looks at what he created. He says, that's, that's good. That's good. 
But then he decided, I want to do something different. In creating mankind and creating man and woman, he, said, he says this in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. They want to create us in his own image. So that's what he did. He created, he created you and me in his own image. And I don't, I don't think that that's just limited to our physical features, that we, that we physically look like God. Maybe we do. But I think the bigger thing that God was thinking when he created you and me was that he wanted us to be a reflection of him, not just in how we look, but in how we act, the words that come out of our mouths, the attitudes that we have, how we treat people, the kind of love that we're supposed to show, the kind of joy that we're supposed to have, the ways that we bring, try to bring peace to other people's lives. That's a reflection of our God. That's what he designed us for. That's what he created us for to look like and to act like and to talk like and to be like him but not only that God designed us to be in a relationship with him to be to be connected with him of all the things that he created and there's some amazing creatures in this world of all the things he created God looked at us and said I want to have a relationship with you I want to be connected with you I want us to talk and to share and to be a part of each other's lives and you see that Evidence in, in the next few chapters of, of the book of Genesis. When you move on to chapter 2 and to chapter 3, you see God specifically creating Adam and, and Eve, the first man and woman, and spending time with them, staying connected with them. And then he put them in this, in this perfect place, this garden that we call the Garden of Eden. And they had everything that they could ever want there. And there was, there was, they, they didn't have any kind of need. And there was, there was no sin. There was no shame. There was no guilt. Everything was as it should be. And one of the big things that you see, and, and maybe you read through it kind of quickly, you don't recognize it. It says that God walked with them. He spent time with Adam and Eve because that's what he made us for in the first place. From the very beginning, God has wanted to be connected in a relationship with us, with his creation. And he gave Adam and Eve one rule. Had all these trees, all these plants, all these animals. He said, you can have anything that you want. There's this one tree that I don't want you to touch. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when you eat that fruit, bad things are going to happen. So don't do it. This is, this is the one thing I don't want you to do. And we look at that and we say, you know, he, he says, don't, don't eat from it because as soon as you do, you're going to die. And this, I, I, I want us to see it's a, it's a bigger thing than just that immediate, immediate penalty. That God created us sinless. That God created us in this perfect place to, to, to not have sin and to not have guilt and to not experience death. And in essence, when he says to Adam and Eve, don't eat that fruit, he's saying because when you do... It's going to be hurtful for you. It's going to be painful for you. You're going to start carrying a burden that I never wanted you to carry. And that connection between you and me, I can't be around sin. And that connection between you and me, that's going to be severed. That relationship is never going to be the same. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for us. So don't do it. Satan convinced Adam and Eve that it would be all right. It would be no big deal. As a matter of fact, they would be better off by doing the exact opposite of what God told them to. And so they did. They ate the fruit. And as soon as they did, sin entered the world. As soon as they did, their eyes were open. They experienced, for the first time in their lives, they experienced shame. They experienced guilt. They experienced disconnection and separation from our Father. And when God confronts them with that, he talks to Satan first, and he and he and he announces Satan's punishment before he ever deals with, with Adam and Eve. And the amazing thing, what I want us to see is that God, as soon as they sinned, as soon as they, as they partook of that fruit, God immediately started coming up with a plan, immediately had a plan to fix it. Because when he talks to Satan in, in Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 15, he says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, enmity is a weird word that we really don't use anymore. And all that means is there's going to be conflict. There's going to be hostility. I'm going to create conflict, Satan, between you and between my creation. There's going to be a difference. They're not going to get along. There's going to be a disconnection between who I want them to be and who you want them to be. 
But he goes on, he goes on to say that one of these days, there's going to be a child born from a woman who's going to crush you. He's talking about his son, Jesus. He's talking about sending Jesus to this world to crush the power of Satan, to crush the power of sin. And I want you to see that. I want you to see that God in the garden is predicting that he would crush the power of death, that he would crush the power of sin, that he would obliterate guilt through his son, Jesus. God is stating his plan. And I want you to see that God made this plan. God proclaimed this plan from the very beginning. Before he even talked to Adam and Eve about what they were going to have to deal with because of what they chose to do. He, he formulates his plan. He announces his plan. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That, that, that the very moment that sin entered the world, God made a plan to deal with it and conquer it. Right then. And the plan was simple. God said, my son will enter this world and will crush sin, will crush death, will crush you, Satan. And century after century, generation after generation, God would create us in his image. God would create us to look like and to talk like and to be like him. And, and century after century and generation after generation, he, he wanted to be in connection with us and we chose something else. We've, we've, we've become convinced that, that there was something better, that there was something different. We would buy into the lie that whatever Satan was putting in front of us was better than what God wanted for us. And century after century, generation after generation, God says, here's the life that I want you to live. Here's the choices that I want you to make. And I don't want you to give in to what Satan's putting in front of you because when you do, that's going to be painful for you. It's going to be hurtful for you. You're going to have a burden that I never wanted you to have to carry. And we're going to be disconnected from each other. And year after year, generation after generation, we Keep making the same choice. And God's like, I've got a plan. I've got a plan to deal with this. And God finally put his plan into action. After centuries of watching his children continue to hurt themselves and to hurt his heart with their sin, God sent Jesus. It wasn't complicated. God said, I'm going to send my son into the world. The world is full of darkness and sin, and I'm going to send him as a light. But even Jesus' entrance into this world was simple. It was so simple and so seemingly insignificant that most of the people that were around when it happened didn't even realize that it happened. If you look in in Luke's description of the story, in Luke chapter 2, this is in your New Testament, in Luke chapter 2, beginning verse 6, it says, While they were there, he's talking about Joseph and Mary in the city of Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And then Luke goes on with more of the story. It's so simply stated that if you're reading through Luke chapter 2 too fast, you even miss it. You miss the birth of Jesus. You have to go back. Wait, did he say it? Or, oh, there it was. I missed it. God placed his son in the womb of a young Jewish girl and and her inexperienced and probably scared to death young husband helped her deliver her new baby. And she laid it in a feeding trough in a barn. And it was such a seemingly insignificant event to the rest of the world. But, But in that moment, something powerful was happening, more powerful than just a little baby being born to some young couple in the far corner of the Middle East. John describes it this way in John chapter 1. If you go one book over from Luke to the book of John, in John chapter 1, verse 4, John says, In him, talking about Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And he goes on in verse 9 to say, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The rest of the world around Jesus, the rest of the world around this little place in Bethlehem didn't even recognize what was happening. Almighty God was coming into the world. Light was coming into the world. Sin separated us from God and threw all of us into darkness. And each one of us was destined for death. And God chose to send light. God chose to send life. God chose to reconnect with us. He chose to pull us out of darkness and be in that connection, that relationship with us again. And he did that through his son, Jesus. His plan from centuries before finds its fruition 
in the manger. His, his plan to save us finds its fulfillment in this little baby being born in Bethlehem. And I don't want you to miss it this morning. The plan was simple. We couldn't do anything about our sin. But God could. And so he sent Jesus. That's the plan. Don't be, I want to challenge you this morning to, to not be blinded by the commercialism and the chaos. The, maybe even just the routine of the Christmas season. To, to the point that you miss what God actually did for us. I hope that all of us, myself included, can find some time to be still during this holiday season. To take a, to, to, to take a step back and recognize that maybe for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, what God did for us in sending Jesus to this world. I want us to recognize the amazing power. I want us to recognize the amazing grace that we see in God's simple plan. That when, if you've never thought about it this way before, maybe you can recognize this morning that when, when, when Adam and Eve first tasted that fruit, when that fruit first hit their lips, my God looked at them and looked across the centuries and saw your face and saw my face and saw us in darkness, saw us repeating that same choice that they had made and, and looked across all the centuries of time and said they're in darkness and they can't do anything about it. They're weighed down with guilt and shame and consequences and I don't want to leave them there. I don't want to be disconnected from them anymore. And so I want to send my son, I want to send light into their dark world. I'm going to pull them out of that mess. And I'm going to do that through my son, Jesus. My amazing God saw your face. Saw my face. Saw us without hope. Saw us drowning in our sin. And the consequences of it. And he said, I'm going to rescue him. I want to deliver her. I want to bring them into the light. Darkness is not going to define their existence anymore. Death is not going to be their final destination. I'm going to give them light. I'm going to give them life. And he sent his son. For you. For me. It's not complicated. But it's amazing. Isn't it? Let it sink in this morning. That when we look at this helpless, defenseless baby in a manger, we are seeing the fulfillment of God's plan from the very beginning. What an amazing God. But then the challenge becomes, okay, well, so what? Great story. Thanks for the plan. So what? One of my favorite Christmas movies uh, is A Christmas Story. And I know many of you have seen it. Maybe not everybody has, so I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you. Um, it's probably, it has been for years, it probably will be on I don't know, either TNT or TBS for about 24 hours uh, before Christmas. And if, I, if possible, I will watch all 24 hours. I don't think my wife will let me, but I would like to. I've seen that movie so many times I could quote the whole script probably, um, which is another reason that we don't get to watch it all that often in my house because I annoy the other people watching it with me because I'll just sit there and quote the thing the whole time. However, there's one scene in there, and if you haven't seen it, hopefully this, this, this doesn't spoil it for you, but Ralphie... It's, it's pretty close to, to Christmas Eve, and Ralphie's getting kind of worried because he, he, he wants this, this BB gun for Christmas. And as a last resort, he goes to see Santa. And Santa is at, the, at this, uh, uh, this store, this department store. So he goes to his little brother, and they have to wait in line forever. And, and when it comes time for him, it's, it's this whole, if you, if you remember the scene, it's this whole chaotic moment. 
I mean, there's, there's kids that are being dropped down this giant slide. His little brother that went in front of him, screaming like crazy, gets dropped down the slide. And, and the store is closing. They're coming over to the speaker and saying, the store is closing. You wrap up your shopping and your purchases because the store is closing. And he's panicking because he's afraid he's not going to get there. And then they start dragging him up. But now he's a little worried. He's a little scared. And he's looking at, at Santa, and that seems kind of scary. And these elves are dragging him along. They're like, hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. we got more kids. And his heart is racing. And, he, and they pick him up, and they spin him around in a circle and put him on Santa's lap. And it's just this, this chaotic moment, and he's looking around at, at everything that's happening, and kids screaming, and the stuff coming over the speakers, and he just totally blanks on what it is that he wants to ask Santa for. And Santa's like, what do you want for Christmas? And he just he can't think. He's just kind of staring off into space, and he can't, he can't formulate the words, BB gun. He can't get it out of his mouth. And it's this whole scene of, of chaos and confusion, and the camera spinning around, and the one thing that, that gets me is, is Santa takes him by kind of by the chin and pulls his, his attention and his face back to him. He says, what do you want for Christmas? And it's a really simple question. What do you want? And I, I want us to kind of dwell on that for a moment this morning as we're wrapping up. When we look at, when we look at, 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 the chaos of our holiday season. When we look at all the to-do list things we have to get done, and we look at all the places that we got to be, or maybe we're not going to this year, the different plans we have, and all the different decorations we got to do, and the music, and the and the posting things online, and and all the different things that we get so caught up with, and our head starts to spin because we we haven't gotten everything done yet, and we're behind, and and we ask somebody to help, but then they do it wrong, then we got to go fix it, and everything's just chaotic and 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 anxious. And even, even, in, even when we try to focus on the birth of Jesus, I mean, even that itself seems a little bit chaotic. There's, there's this couple, and they're trying to get uh, into Bethlehem, but they got nowhere to stay, and they got to go out to a barn, and there's animals, and then childbirth comes, and that's a whole chaotic mess in and of itself. And it's just this chaotic moment. But I want you to see the stillness of this little baby in the manger. And here my God asks you a question. What does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? Does it mean anything? Does the story of Jesus mean anything to us at all? Does the story of the birth of Jesus, does that, does that even resonate with us? The fact that Almighty God came to this world to rescue you from darkness? So what? What are we going to do with that? I hope, I hope that you have already allowed him to pull you out of darkness because that's what he came for. And if that hasn't happened for you, if you haven't believed that that story is real and you haven't confessed Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you haven't tried to make changes from the life that you used to live and, and given your life to him and been baptized in his name, if you're not consistently walking in his light, then I hope that changes today. And if, that, if, if you're not even for sure exactly what that means, come find me. I know right now, we're, because of our, of our restrictions, we're not having people come forward, and that's okay. But you, I'll, I will stay here as long as I need to, to have a conversation with you if we need to do that. Or uh, we've got my email address, and we've got phone numbers. You can get a hold of me this week. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how to allow Jesus Christ to pull you out of darkness into his light, if that hasn't happened for you yet. And if at some point in your life you've given your life to Jesus, you've believed the story is true, you've been baptized in his name, you've experienced what it's like to no longer be in darkness, and for whatever reason you bought into Satan's lie again. And you started making choices and giving into habits and being the kind of person that God never designed you to be. And you're carrying burdens and you're carrying guilt and you're carrying things that God never designed you to carry. I hope that you will choose to give your life back to him today. I hope that you will recognize that my God is reaching out his hand through his son Jesus and saying, let me pull you out of that darkness. Let me bring you back in the light. Let me give you life once again. And I hope that you'll take hold of that. Take hold of his hand and let him pull you out. I hope that you choose to do that today. Because my God saw you when he was in the garden. He saw the mistakes that you were going to make. 
He saw the hurt that you were going to carry. And he said, I want to fix that. I want to I rescue them. I want to send my son. And he did. What an amazing God. What amazing grace. I hope you're experiencing it. I hope you allow yourself to experience it even more this holiday season. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Oh, God, thank you for your love, for your grace, for choosing to rescue us, for choosing to send Jesus to this world. Forgive us, God, when we, when we don't see it, when we don't allow the fact that, that the creator of the universe came to this world for us. Forgive us when we treat that as insignificant. Forgive us for the times that we think something else is more important. God, help us to be reminded today or maybe even to know for the very first time how much you loved us, that you sent your one and only son to this world in such a simple way so that we could have life, so that we could have light, so that we could be set free. Thank you for that, God. And, and I pray that you help us, that you help us be reminded of that throughout this holiday season, to be reminded of your simple but amazing plan to rescue us from our sin. And for anyone, God, for anyone who's here this morning who needs to grab hold of your hand and allow you to pull them out of the darkness, I pray that you give them the willingness to do that today. For anybody who's watching this online and, and who wants to know more about this and wants to experience what it's like to be set free and what it's like to be in a connection with you, I pray that we make a connection with them, God, so that they can experience that themselves. God, I pray that you move powerfully through this church, through our families, through this community, through this world right now so that we can recognize what an amazing God you are and what amazing grace you give. We thank you, Father, for your son Jesus. We thank you for sending him to us. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden glory and creation, now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil torn before you. You silence the bows, stars sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. 
Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. morning. Marshall, great beginning to this season. I always enjoy this, this series when he does because he always finds new ways to talk about this story. We want to thank everybody for being here today. We're so glad you could join us. Um, I have to say that I can't let this pass. Um, Scotty, you're wrong, man. Christy, I'm with you. You want to simplify Christmas? Don't start listening to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Uh, today is a, uh, a special giving day. Uh, we have two baskets set up out uh, in the foyer over at the check-in counter. Um, we are taking up collection today for building fund, so we hope that you have prayed on that and, and given that some thought. Um, we, uh, we thank you. For your generosity, uh, this this family is a very generous group, and we we are very blessed to have uh, the family members that we have here. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this great day that you've given us. We thank you so much for uh, the beginning of this season. We we pray that um, that we each get opportunities to uh, to talk about you, what you've done in our lives to those around us. We pray that uh, you help us plant those seeds. Uh, we uh, know that this is a fertile time, and so we want to take advantage of that everywhere that we can. Lord, we ask that you just walk with us this week. Help us to shine our light for you uh, as we go back from this Thanksgiving um, holiday and we, we, uh, we go back into our businesses and, and uh, the uh, not-so-normal year that we've had. We pray that you'd be with us uh, as a nation, that you help us to heal through this. We pray that you be with our leadership and that you help them to make wise decisions and that they lean on you uh, for, that, for that guidance. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus, uh, which is our whole purpose, and we ask that you help us to focus on him the way that we should and to shine our light for you. It's his name that we pray. Amen. All right, well, thanks again, everybody, for being here today. And for those of you online, really glad you joined us. Let's all stand up for one more song, and then we'll be on our way. One thing we, we ask, ask of you, one thing that we desire, that as we worship you, Lord, come and change our lives. Arise, arise, arise. Arise, arise, take your place, be enthroned on our praise. Arise, King of kings, holy God, as we sing. Arise, 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 arise. of you, one thing that we desire, that as we worship you, Lord, come and change our lives. Arise, arise, 
Merry Christmas.